Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of On My Mind. I'm Shelley Griffith, and today I'm delighted to have two gentlemen with me, Matt Adams and Jack Allen. I've known Jack forever. I'm beginning to know Matt and certainly enjoying his friendship, but we're going to be talking today, folks, about Jack's campaign for the District 3 congressional seat in Tennessee and many other points, but I'm going to welcome you all to the program. Thank you, Shelley. Appreciate being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having us today. We're just tickled to have you all with us. And Matt, I'm going to start with you a little bit. If you can give our listeners some background on yourself, where you're from, education, and how you're coming along and getting involved with Jack. Yeah, so I am a seventh-generation Tennessean. My family has been in East Tennessee before it was East Tennessee. And I grew up in the 3rd District. I spent a lot of my childhood here in McMinn County. Lived in Polk County, went to high school in Bradley County. So I've lived all over the southern part of the district. And then I, uh, after I graduated high school, joined the Army. I served seven years on active duty working as a paralegal, both in national security law and criminal prosecution and defense. And then after that, I switched to the reserves, where I've been working with the 139th Legal Operations Detachment for about three years now. And in, in that time, I got much deeper into politics than I had before. I ran for Hamilton County Mayor in 2022 and learned a lot as a candidate and was able to take that and the experiences I had as a volunteer with several campaigns for president and senate and house and school board and take those coupled with the lessons I learned from running for office myself and start started to be able to help other candidates run for office. And then over the course of the 2023, I was, was in the hunt for a good candidate for Congress and came across Jack Allen and the rest, as they say, is history. Well, we're excited that you've had that excellent career and thank you so much for your service as a former veteran myself i always remind people please thank those who have done this and jack tell the listeners about yourself even though let me tell you folks jack's been my producer on his podcast for well over a year and i'm delighted he finally has agreed to (laughs) talk with me face to face my history is a lot less complicated than Matt's. I'm a community banker. I came to Athens in 1979 with Citizens National Bank. Had a great experience, not just at the bank, but in the community. My wife, Connie, and I, and my daughter, Betsy, we, she was raised since she was born here. And we had just a fantastic life. Worked in all the community organizations, Chamber, Optimist, EDA, Library, environmental, not because we felt obligated to, just because we love this community so much and the people and were so gracious to us. And then as I retired from the bank, and unfortunately, many will know that we lost Connie to ovarian cancer. Actually, it's been 10 years ago. And after that, I I say, I did a lot of things. I Podcasting is one, and I worked a little construction and started a bank consulting company and have always stayed busy. People that know me know I always work. I always stayed busy. And I was having lunch here with Sean McKeon. And both of us were expressing our frustration with where we are in a country today where people don't seem to focus on issues. 
people don't tend to get along, they point fingers, and our citizens pay the price. And the conversation continued to develop, and out of that conversation came, we should do something other than just sit around and talk about it. That's how it all got started. That's how, soon after that, I met Matt, and we said, let's just run a campaign, and it's going to be a little different. We're going to run it in a very positive manner. We're not going to focus on the past or who's caused the problem. We're going to focus on how we can fix it. I think that's excellent, and folks, I've known Jack well over 40 years and certainly knew Connie well, and as we look at moving forward, in this particular time, I think what I've learned from talking to Jack, talking to Matt recently, they've got some outstanding ideas and thoughts that make a positive difference, and that's what we're all looking for. And Matt, let me ask you, as you approach the, I guess, mantle of being a campaign manager with your background, what seems to be your focus on how you wish to get Jack's campaign off and running? Yeah, so I think that my biggest concern in these in this initial phase is making sure that we're running things differently, making sure that we're not making the same mistakes that campaigns have made in the past. We're learning, we're learning as we go too, and seeing what works and what doesn't. But I think that the ultimate goal is to make sure that we're doing right by the people of the 3rd District and we're spending time in all of the district. A lot of times candidates will be, in my experience, they'll be Chattanooga candidates and they'll spend 90% of their time in Hamilton County and and then try to stretch themselves thin through, through the rest of the district. But we're not doing that. We're making sure that we're across the whole district, making sure that people are heard and feel that they will have a voice in Congress, which is why we've been to every county in the district already. And just yesterday, we were in Scott County, Morgan County, Campbell County, and Hamilton all just yesterday. Which, folks, is a tremendous day's work. And share, if you will, Matt, with listeners, even though they are in this area, who may not be clear on what our District 3 entails, like number of counties, perhaps number of residents, that kind of stuff? Yes, the 3rd District is comprised of just under 800,000 residents. About 50% of that does reside in Hamilton County, with a population of about 380,000 folks. It does go from the border with Georgia, almost to the border with Kentucky, and then east to the border with North Carolina, and it covers Scott, Campbell, Morgan, Monroe, McMinn, Polk, Bradley, and Hamilton and Anderson counties. And after redistricting, the biggest difference between what it looked like before 2020 and what it looks like now, and this is actually the first election where the new district will be in effect, it cuts Scott, Campbell, and Morgan counties in half. But we, as a compromise to that, we got all of Bradley County. Representative Desjardins actually had to move <laughs> to continue to represent and continue to run for office because he now he then resided in the 3rd District. We got, instead of just a small sliver in the southern portion, we now have all of Bradley County. And, and that is important as Bradley County grows, as we know. And Jack, as you've begun this process, and certainly with Matt, and hitting the road, if you will, what are some of your thoughts, take us through each day, as you visit some of these places and 
the folks that you're talking to, some responses you're already getting early on? It is a full-time job. And as Matt said yesterday, we drove 330 miles. We had about a 16-hour day yesterday. We're back up this morning going again. As soon as we finish here, I'm going to meet a few more people in McMinn County. Then I'm headed to Monroe County. Tomorrow, we're back in Hamilton County. And then Friday, we're in Anderson County. It is... But the good news is I'm high. People that know me know I'm a high energy guy. I like to talk to people. I like to visit with people, and I like to listen. And that's what I've done a lot of. In fact, on the way up here, I got a phone call from a person. He said, "Let me tell you what I'm concerned about. People are concerned. They're concerned about their government. They're concerned about our future. They're concerned about the economy. And sadly, they don't feel like anybody's listening." And so I spend a lot of time listening to people from all walks of life. And Matt, uh, being the great campaign manager, he continues to line me up with more people to listen to or visit with, which is good. And we continue. We talk about our platform, but it continues to evolve as we listen to people and we find out what their issues are. We can't fix everything, but you know what? We could fix something. And if you look back last year, and I said this is not going to be a negative campaign, but if you look at last year, we didn't get a lot done. And we're not getting a lot done now. And people who need help, they need things, feel really disenfranchised. So that's what we're doing. We're listening. We're taking notes. We're building platforms and and seeing as many people as we can. And I've already noted how Matt is a great listener and observer. That's somebody you need in a campaign manager to watch and see what's going on. Now, either one of you can pop in, but share a little bit with our listeners as you're forming and getting all these ideas, some of the platform issues that these folks are concerned about. Yeah, so we launched our platform at the beginning of this year, and it was just based on talking to folks. It was based on what are the issues that are of concern to the people of the 3rd District. Not not necessarily what are the issues of every American, because the issues that are of import to people here may not be important to people even in Memphis, just across the state. So we, we spent a lot of time talking with folks across the district to make sure that we were running on a platform that was indicative of those important issues to folks. And then we put an internal poll in the field, and, and it showed that the issues that are of import to the people of this district are the ones that we're running on here in this campaign. And we're focused on the what Jack likes to call the top-line issues, right? So we're focused on immigration. We're focused on health care. Uh, We're focused on the deficit and deficit spending. Uh, We're focused on the gun safety. So, again, we're focused on the issues that the people care about here in the 3rd District. And those things, Matt, you're absolutely right. From our standpoint, certainly Jack and I being around a little bit longer, I agree, and I'm delighted to hear that those are the areas. Now, Jack, you spent... 40 plus years in in the banking industry and share with our listeners some how you approach some of this that Matt mentioned, deficit spending, some of those issues. Because I'm an accounting finance background and I spent my life in finance, I have a passion for leaning toward the economy, leaning toward how do how does everybody get ahead? How does everybody step forward? How do better jobs? That's what we did in this community. We 
help create jobs. We loan money to businesses. That was an everyday thing. And we used to always say that we only get a raise if everybody else gets a raise. It was a, we all got it. And so that's my focus. Where my frustrations have been is first, and I know people that know me, I sound like a broken record, but deficit spending. We, we're at $34 trillion, going to have another couple trillion probably this year. It's something that, that people don't want to talk about. We had a surplus in 2001, and from there forward, it was like, let's just let's cut taxes and spend money. And I, like I said, I'm not going to look back. I'm not going to blame, but it's got to be fixed, and it's got to be fixed by people who understand it and who are willing to make the hard calls. And I just don't think we've got anybody now that's willing to make the hard calls. But as we all know from the days I spent in bankruptcy court, at some point, the lines cross, and it's it's closer every day. That's my that's the issue I'm most interested in because see it all ties in. That ties into inflation. That ties into GNP. It ties into job growth. It's all tied together. So that's my big issue. Although I, the border is huge, I wake up every day thinking maybe we've got an answer on that. It looks like every day we're close, but hopefully by the time this podcast airs, the House will have a agreed to the border deal or a border deal. People say it's not perfect, it's not perfect. Guess what? It's something. Let's just do something. So that is a, an issue that we're all interested in. And then, of course, Matt talked about gun safety. This is Tennessee. We're gun people. But it's interesting because I've talked to my friends who are hunters or gun owners. I actually even spent a morning with a gun dealer. And we talked about things that they all say could be done, should be done, that people would agree on to at least have a lean into gun safety, but it's kind of nobody wants to talk about it. So, you know, my deal is I don't care who gets the credit. We just need to focus on the problems that the people in the third district realize are problems and are going to affect them and do something about it. And I think that's excellent. And as you all approach that, and Matt, I was asking just before the podcast how you line up the events, if you will, for Jack as he goes to these things and share with our listeners because so many people will sit there and say, I didn't get to see the candidate in my town or this, that, and the other, but it sounds like you've had a different approach and certainly running for office yourself makes a major difference, but tell us a little bit about how you line up your day and Jack's day. Yes, my day usually runs a little bit later than his does. <laughs> I'm and early. Jack, he's late. And Jack, you and I can say he's younger, so we ought to be able to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I am. I'm more of a night owl, so I keep <laughs> operations running until he wakes up in the morning. <laughs> Which is good point. But I think that to your point, we spend we spend a lot of time throughout all, the whole district, not just not just these population pockets like Cleveland and Oak Ridge and Chattanooga. Though we do spend quite a bit of our time in those places, we want to make sure that the people of the whole district understand that if they elect Jack to the U.S. House, that they're going to get a voice and an ear. They're going to get somebody who's going to want to spend time with them, who's going to want to vote on their issues, but not just vote on their issues, because that's what we've seen for decades now in, in our representation is just someone who will vote but someone who will actually work to write legislation, who will draft legislation with other members of Congress from the region and from throughout the country 
to make life a little bit better for people in the third district. And that's not really something we can do if we're only focused on a couple of areas in the district. And like I mentioned earlier, we were just in four counties yesterday. And we're in McMinn County today, and then Jackson Monroe this afternoon. We're back in Hamilton tomorrow. We're in Anderson County on Friday. So we're making sure that everybody in the district understands that if they elect Jack Cowan as their next congressman, that they'll have a voice and an ear. And one thing I wanted to follow up on with the platform is something that I've noticed a lot, having run for office myself and having managed campaigns and volunteered for several over the years, is that you'll always have people who will say, you're not talking about this issue or you're not talking about that issue or that's not your platform isn't exactly what I want. And I read a metaphor one time that said, voting is like public transportation. If the bus, in this case the candidate, right, if the bus is going to get you a couple of blocks away from where you're going, but not all the way to your destination, you don't walk. You still get on the bus. And so that's our approach is that we're not going to we're not going to be able to do everything. There are 435 members of the House of Representatives that you have to reconcile with. We're our goal once we get Jack to Congress is to make sure that we're doing the best we can day in and day out for the people of the third district. That's excellent. Thank you so much, Matt. Jack, that brings up a point. And you and I came along in an era and. I've said this probably to you all, I've said it to many people over the years, you can argue in Congress all day long and yet maintain deep friendships. You can go out for dinner that evening after a huge debate on the floor. How, Jack, knowing your personality, which is excellent, great listener, you are an energizer, how do you propose when you're there that you can improve these personal relationships. It seems that, as we all know, and it's no secret to the entire country, the animosity that exists, even within both parties against each other. How's Jack going to improve some of that as you get into that seat? I'm going to quote the great late Hugh Wilson, who was my mentor, and I worked for him for many years. And when I came to here, I'd actually been in, in a big bank in Nashville. And it was cutthroat. It was really cutthroat. And when I came to Athens and I went to work for Hugh, I remember early in the game we sat down and we were presenting a deal that was a really good deal for us. And we went through the details and we said, "Listen." And we looked when we finished. We looked at it and we said, "Is this?" It, we said, "This is a really good deal." And Hugh sat there for a minute, and then he looked at us and he said, "It is a good deal for us, but is it a good deal for the customer?" Mm-hmm. And that left an impression on me for the rest of my life was that when anytime you're working on a deal or an opportunity, you've got to make sure it's a good deal for everybody. Now, did the customer always get everything they wanted? Maybe not, but did we give them something where they walked away and said, you know what, I get a good deal. Life is that way. Being married is that way. Being a, in Congress should be that way. It used to be that way. You remember when... The Tip O'Neills and the Howard Bakers and all those folks would walk out together and they'd say, we compromised, we didn't get it. But the American people won. It's better to work with people and find solutions where everybody gets a little something. And I th- looking at this border deal, I think that's what we've done now. But I don't know. I'll just leave that alone for now. <laughs>
and as both of you progress through through the district, and I tried to get a little bit of stats together myself, and Matt, you're going to be the expert in this. Are we a younger district now? Maybe a silly question, but when you look at median ages and people you're running into, are we seeing, because if it's a little younger, do we need to focus on some of their problems, or do you find that the problems are across the generations, like you all mentioned, jobs, security, health care, et cetera? Yeah, so I think that the issue that we run into, particularly in this district, is that this, the district's getting younger, but the active voters are not. The active voter block in this district is aging. In fact, the vast majority of active voters in the 3rd District are over the age of 55. And so it's really been a matter of galvanizing the younger vote. Now, there are there have been the reason that the district is getting younger is because there have been several people who have moved from other parts of the country, people in their 20s and 30s who have the ability to telework and they want to live in a place that's more affordable, so they move to places like East Tennessee, but that oftentimes they they don't change their voter registration or they do, but then they don't know the voting dates and things like that. So a big part of our focus is when we're out talking with folks and knocking doors is that people know when, when voting dates are and things like that, because we need to make sure that we get as many folks out to the polls as possible. Because bottom line is when more when more people vote, people like Jack are more likely to win. That's a good point. I guess I didn't realize that we weren't having some of the younger folks out there, even having worked elections locally myself. But now I think about it, you're right. You don't see a lot of those young folks coming through. Jack, when we look at this transition in being banking, now you're becoming a politician, let's be honest. <laughs> The P and, word. <laughs> uh, yes. But in doing that, you are a great listener. And as people sit around, share with the listeners how you all handle some of that. I think it's interesting. It is one vote at a time, one person at a time. And where, when you're going to the various areas, what do you set up? I'll let you answer that instead of Matt. Is it a little coffee with somebody? Is it a bigger event, these kind of things. It's all of the above. Matt has arranged groups as large as 50. Tomorrow we're having coffee with one person. And so it's really whoever really has an interest and wants to share with us, we we will talk to them. Now, I'll tell you, you got to be high energy because it's... And the good news, and I say this, I mean, I'm at the point in my life, I'm not married I don't have a real job other than my hobby jobs. And so I have the time to put into this. And that's important because we have a lot of qualified people out there that could be running for office right now, but they don't have the time commitment to do it. Fortunately, I do. And so we take time and we talk to people. Matt is really, because his influence in the district He's been he's great about just setting up events. Tomorrow we're, we've got events. Friday we're in Anderson County, and we do what we call coffee with the candidates, mm-hmm. and they've been very successful. We'll just have a, a coffee shop, 
and we'll advertise just really mostly on social media. Yep. And we'll go in and people come in and have coffee and they'll sit and they'll talk. And sometimes we got five people and sometimes we got 50 people. But it's a great opportunity just to meet with people on an informal basis. Yeah. And, and then the next week we've got more larger meetings lined up and I'm sure more to come. And that brings up Matt. If you'll share with the listeners, and many of them do understand, but most do not, in developing a campaign like where, let's say, where your campaign offices may be centered, perhaps if you've got an idea of how many folks you're going to need boots on the ground to help in the campaign with Jack, and I think of local stuff I've helped with, putting out signs, flyers, and all that. So have you got that pretty well lined up at this point? Yeah, so we've <clears throat> we've got a plan for opening an office in Oak Ridge and in Chattanooga by the end of March, and we're on track to be able to do that. We are looking at needing between 50 and 100 volunteers consistently between mid-February and Election Day in November to be able to knock as many doors as we need to throughout the district because we're going to reasonably need to be able to knock about 85,000 to 115,000 doors between now and November. And Jack and I are only two people, so we're going to definitely need several volunteers to help us with that. And I guess the big thing that's changed, certainly for the younger folks, is social media. Yeah. Yeah, and that's... And we're really going to focus on social media. We already have, and we're going to pick up the pace on that because that's important. You go into people's homes today, and the TV may not be on, or if it is, it may be on a cable station. The radio is probably not on, but somebody's got a phone in their hand. And so that's a really great way to tell our story. So that's a focus. And then me, in my age range, I'm more about getting out and visiting with people and going to the coffee shops and walking into plants or Walmarts and just talking to people. We're taking both approaches, but I think it's how we have to do it in our way. You know, when people ran for office 25 years ago, they'd just pick up the newspaper and maybe a radio ad or two. It's just too diverse now. And that brings up, Matt, as you're looking in the development of this and needing that many campaign workers, et cetera, et cetera, and it's a good point, knocking on doors throughout the district, how many qualified voters do we have? You may have mentioned, I apologize, qualified voters in District 3. So, yeah, the district has just under 800,000 residents, but we have, at any given point, we have between uh, 400 and 500,000 registered voters in the district. That's registered voters, not active voters. There is a big difference. <laughs> Absolutely. And am I correct, in, in a presidential election year, you're always going to see a giant uptick in the percent of voters that turn out versus the off year. Is that correct? Typically, yes. So the problem with this particular year is that with the top of the ticket candidates, that the presumptive Republican nominee and the presumptive Democratic nominee, there's not a whole lot of excitement. And so typically what happens is that excitement that drives people to the polls is coming from those campaigns at the top of the ticket. So, unfortunately, because there's not a whole lot of excitement for either presumptive nominee, we're going to have to rely heavily on on building out our own excitement for Jack and relying heavily on 
the excitement that will come from the Senate race as well for the U.S. Senate. And do we have, I'm sorry for my ignorance, do we have senatorial candidates listed from the Democratic Party yet? So there are, there are three, four. Um, the numbers fluctuated, but there are three or four Democratic candidates running against Senator Marsha Blackburn this cycle. Okay, okay. And Jack, as you view this picture, and as you get into a seat in D.C., uh, let's say in that regard, the election is favorable, then what will be, what would be, I know you don't like to think too far ahead, I don't either, (laughs) but what would be two or three things immediately that strike you that you would need to do for the district without necessarily enacting a bill so much, but like Matt's saying, back to the people that would have gotten you there. I think the first thing that that I would definitely do is try to build friendships and relationships with people I need to because that's the way it used to be done. That's the way it should be done. And if you people know me, that's my personality. And then I would lean heavily on Matt because that's what he and I talk about is what would we do next? With his legal background, with his political background, he would help guide where we're going next. And the most important thing, what's most important to me might not be the most important for the district. The most important thing to me is the economy. And that's just my personal. But there are so many social issues that our people are interested in. So we're not going to turn our head to anything. I've had people come to me and they say, Jack, you're focused too much on this. And I probably am. But that's the one that affects all of us. But there are issues that, that people are interested in on the social side that we definitely are interested in also. So when you go, say, to a bigger outing right now and people are throwing questions at you, can you capsulize what the majority of those questions are, like you're saying? Is it economic? Is it social? Women's rights, gun safety, et cetera? Are you getting a sense Matt, of what more of the questions are? Yeah, I think that a big thing that people have talked to Jack about is the economy. People don't feel financially secure right now. And to Jack's point from earlier, we have to look at the long-term effects that a $34 trillion deficit is putting, the burden that it's putting on American citizens. At any given point right now, the average American has $107,000 in debt in relation to the national deficits. I, I can't pay that, you can't, and most people can't pay that, right? So we have to rely on the folks in Washington to fix that, and unfortunately they're not. And and the biggest frustration that people have is, on top of the deficit, is just a complete inaction from this current Congress. There have half the legislation that was passed last year from the House of Representatives were to name post offices, half of the legislation. And so we have people who are just frustrated, they're angry, and they're ready for a change. But let me add, there are other issues, and people, when I start talking about that, people come to me and say, yeah, but what about this? And you know, I've talked about it, health care, particularly women's health care, education, although it's big. This is just not the only thing, but the 
thing is that money cures a lot of problems, and right now we don't have it to cure it. That's excellent. Now, as you're moving into these next stages, tell me, Matt, and our listeners, where does a campaign like this, starting in January or before, where does it really get the toughest, if you will? Where do you ratchet it up at double high speed? What point in this year, besides going every day, where do you see that that leading to? What portion of the year is really the most intense in a campaign? Yeah, so I think generally your summer months are going to be your hardest drive with folks because people are out of or kids are out of school so parents are home more and they're out in the community more going to festivals and things like that so you have a much bigger opportunity from about june the beginning of june to about mid-august to reach more folks so that's a big drive the problem in tennessee is we have the second shortest period between federal primaries and the federal general election and so the shortest being, I believe, Wisconsin, and theirs is in September, so they get two months. The good thing is right now, Jack is the presumptive nominee, and we're picking up petitions on, on, on Monday, but we, as a result of that, we're able now to, to focus on the general election now instead of having to wait until, until after the August primary. But that doesn't change the fact that from June until till August, we're going to push really hard. And it's also going to help to galvanize folks to come out to vote for school board, county commission, town council, all these races that have their general election in August and really help to drive out the vote for those down-ballot races in August. Now, can you give us, the listeners, who or whom they might contact to maybe set up meetings or support for Jack, do you have that information we can put out? Yeah, absolutely. If you want to learn more about Jack, you can go to jackallenforcongress.com. Um, has a bio about Jack with some pretty decent pictures, if I do say so myself. <laughs> he saves he he, sa- he saves money because I'm his photographer. He's the yeah. photographer. <laughs> We're a lean organization. <laughs> he also does all the. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so you can go to jackallenforcongress.com. Uh, and you can sign up to volunteer there. You can ask platform questions if you have any questions about a particular issue that's not listed on the website. If you can't reach us there for some reason, you can also reach us on social media across platforms. We're at Jack Allen for Congress. Or you can email us at info at jackallenforcongress.com or last but certainly not least, you can shoot us a text at 423 423- Four zero one six zero nine four, and that's the campaign number, and that's that number is staffed as long as I'm awake. Good, and that is important for reaching out, gentlemen. I've just thoroughly enjoyed having you here, and most likely throughout the campaign, hit you all back at a later point. I want our listeners to be aware that I have contacted the communications director for Representative Chuck Fleischman's office, and. Hope to be hearing from them soon and have them as well on a podcast. But any other statements, gentlemen, that y'all would like to make today? Just one last one. We are a running on a cash basis, and we and, and now I'm running on fiscal responsibility, and that's one thing Matt and I talk about. We're we're going to spend every dollar wisely. Unfortunately, 
We've had folks that have said, yeah, I want to be part of this campaign. And now if a listener would like to, they can go to that same website, jackallenforcongress.com, and make a investment in the campaign, Matt. Is that yes, correct? Sir. Yes, sir. There's There are plenty of places to, to donate on the website, or you can go to um, actblue.com, and Jack is the only Jack Allen. So if you go to actblue.com, you can search Jack Allen and, and hit that donate button. Yeah. Now, Matt, ACT, A-C-T, Blue? Yes, okay. that's correct. All right, good. Okay, and listeners, as we always say every week, you're welcome to contact me at shellgriff at gmail.com, S-H-E-L-G-R-I-F at gmail.com, and I'm happy to get back to Matt or Jack with questions that I can bring back to you at a later point. And gentlemen, good luck in this campaign, and stay safe out there, as I tell my listeners all the time, to have a safe and healthy day, and I'll see you a little further up the road. 